because you believe in the LGBT community and the importance of sharing our individual stories to help impact one another. Our goal with the show is to introduce you to people and ideas that are going to actually help you motivate, going to help motivate you to pursue your dreams and execute on your passions. Okay, my name is Alex Friedlander and I'm here to introduce you to remarkable people that have helped shift the world we live in today. Today's guest is Scott Galvin. He's actually the executive director of Safe Schools South Florida. Help me welcome Scott to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Alex. It's a lot of fun. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you. Of course. It's a pleasure to have you. <laughs> so um, Safe Schools, from you know what I've learned, what I've participated in, um, what I've been told about is changing the world. Yeah. You know, it's... Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's an LGBT youth group that is yep. enforced into public schools. Yep. And you're kind of changing up the game, right? Yeah. I mean, Safe Schools celebrates its 30th anniversary this year. So wow. we were founded in 1991. And the the original mission, it's still the same mission to provide, provide safe space to kids uh, and encourage and educate adults, faculty members, how to deal with kids you know that are of the LGBTQ persuasion, right? Um, but what's happened in the last year, year and a half? I've only been with the group since early 2020. Um, we've totally taken the organization in a new path. So whereas we only used to be in school classrooms uh, and similar settings, live in person kind of things, right? Uh, we're now also virtual. So we're not going to give up what we do uh, in the classroom, but we're going to take it to another level with virtual programming. That's amazing. Yeah, it's fun. So what is like an average day at safe schools <laughs> entail? You know, like the, the core, is it a course? Is it more of like a therapeutic group session? What well, takes place? The, and I'll have to preface, I'll say what we used to do and then talk about what we are about to do because I have a surprise I can announce Ooh. to your audience. Um, but we, we, what we would normally do is bring a group of faculty members together and then train them, you know, about 101 LGBT things. And what does the T in LGBT stand for? How do I deal with pronouns? You know, stuff like that. that maybe comes normal to you and I, that comes, you know, conveniently, but to adults, especially straight adults who don't live in our world, it's very confusing. So we yeah. talk a lot to uh, faculty members about how to make sure that their, their classrooms are welcoming places where kids can come and feel comfortable. You know, you don't have to have rainbows in every part of your room. But, you know, maybe you have a little rainbow sticker on your classroom window or your desk or something that lets the kid know, oh, I'd be accepted here. Right. Um, and Definitely. And we also do work with the kids to train them how to be leaders. Um, Give me an example of what that looks like. We have one of our big things is Diversity Day. Oh, okay. Um, I like that. We, where we bring uh, members of Gay Straight Alliances, GSAs, from across Miami-Dade County. We bring them to one location and we talk to them. We have breakout sessions about what it means to be involved in your community, how to stand up for yourself. You know, I'm really big on uh, making sure that kids know how to 
advocate for themselves. You know, a lot of times when we hear about LGBT youth stories, we hear about the homelessness and the suicide rates and, you know, the very real dire facts. Yeah. But we don't talk enough about how we can make the kids the leaders of tomorrow. So they're not living in a world where they're reliant upon somebody else to, you know, make the rules for them, where they can be leaders. Uh, so we bring kids together for that. I love that. That's really beautiful to hear. Fun. Can you give me an example of how you educate them on becoming a leader? Yeah, we have, like I say, we have breakout sessions. Right. Um, we'll often bring in, like, a superintendent of Dade Schools, Alberto Caballo, has been one of our speakers in the past. Shout we'll, out, trying yeah. to get him on the LesPod. Where are you yeah. at? <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's been one of the speakers to talk to the group. We have breakout speakers, some of the same people who talk to our school faculty also talk to the kids about, you know, things that are on their level or something that they would relate to more. We like to bring in college students to teach some of the breakout sessions. I like that. Because, yeah, the, the high school kids, and we're dealing mostly with high school kids. Okay, that's the, good to know. Yeah, the high school kids really respond to a young college student that's essentially their age LGBTQ who can talk about their experience in, in school and in what they're seeing on their campus now at UM, FIU, FAU, Miami-Dade, etc. So it's it's a combination. It's like a big party though. That's awesome. Yeah. We're growing. Yeah. We're growing. Um, so tell me a little bit about who Scott Galvin is. You know, how, how was your childhood? What was it <laughs> like? You know, did you did you come out of the womb wearing a skirt? Yeah, right. There <laughs> you go. Um, no, but really though, like, how did you know? How was childhood for you? Uh, I'm sure your parents did the best they could, yes, as all parents, I, I believe, do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, share a little bit about your childhood, how it was coming out. You know, when sure. you did come out. Yeah, I didn't come out until I was well into adulthood. I didn't come out until I was about 30 years old, and I was already in public office. Wow. Um, so I could tell High whole stories. I could tell some whole stories about the media coverage that I got at that stage. Um, but I, I'm a Miami native. I grew up in Miami-Dade County in the 1980s. Um, so everything you've seen about cocaine cowboys and all shootouts and the absolute chaos that was Miami in the 80s, it's all true. Believe yes. it all. <laughs> Um, but this was, I love the flavor of what Miami is. It's just, it's, it's chaos. You, you know, it, it, it is just absolutely on the edge, but that's great. I couldn't live somewhere else where it wasn't as vibrant. Yeah, that's um, a good way of putting it, vibrant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, you know, had a great home life. You know, it, it's interesting, and I, I hate to go off on tangents that are too, you know, people might go out again because Galvin really knows how to talk, doesn't he? <laughs> um, but I realized later in life how open-minded my parents were mm. um, in that there was never an evil word spoken about any other group, nationality, minority. It never came up in my house, and I didn't recognize it at the time. And so when I came out, um, I had to do it when I came out, there were no other openly gay legislators in Miami-Dade County. I had no idea I was probably the first in Miami-Dade County, or certainly at least one of the firsts, because I got, you know, 
Miami Herald coverage. They gave me the front page of one of their weekend sections, and I don't just mean a story. They did the front page. Wow. Um, yeah, th there were other publications, a lot more newspaper publications than than now. Yeah. But they were all covering this elected official who came out. Um, I guess that I had no idea I would get the kind of press that I did because you know if you'd asked me I would have assumed somebody did it in the 60s or 70s right you know Anita you Bryant think. was here in Miami-Dade County there had to have been some elected gay official that challenged her apparently not uh, so when I came out I wasn't just coming out to family and friends it was everybody at my church it was everybody that I worked with and it was everybody who read the Miami Herald all on the same day, you know, but one wow. million people or something crazy like that, it was definitely an experience. I bet. Yeah. How did that make you feel? Like, how is all that exposure and attention? <laughs> well, you know, I'm a media horse, so <laughs> I was Get fine. It. I was fine with it, um, but I got, obviously, I was teaching school at the time. Uh, my background is in education, and I had a lot of parents at the school that I was at who weren't happy because, you know, the stereotype of a gay male teaching middle school, oh, there must be, he's recruiting my child. Um, that was a little difficult to deal with. <clears throat> and then I got mail. You know, back then people still sent regular postage stamp yeah, mail. mail. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> And there were some, you know, there were some mean things. It, the internet... In all of the chat rooms we have now, people weren't any nicer back then. They just delivered the message in print, in writing, in fax. Um, so I got, you know, I, I won't call it hate mail, but, you know, very unhappy mail. How'd you um, deal with that? I'm fine. Like, I'm, like I said, back to mom and dad. Hi, mom, if you're watching. <laughs> um, she's probably scrolling, going like, what is this kid doing now? Um, <laughs> Changing the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, wait, what was the question again? Um, how did I deal with... How did you deal with, you know, all the, the, the negativity that comes with increasing your visibility? Gotcha, as yeah. Friend, basically. I'm, <clears throat> I'm very thick-skinned. You can't be in politics and not be. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know... I was fine, am fine, and you know, just just roll with it. That's awesome. Haters Good gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. But we're <laughs> gonna keep on doing, right? That's right. So tell me a little bit about what it was like to come out in your thirties. How you know? How did you discover that? Was it someone special that kind of helped you realize this is who I'm supposed to be with, or this right. is the gender that I'm supposed to be with? Yeah, no, I recognized that I was gay, you know, essentially in the seventh grade, you know, really young. Um, so, you know, that, although it obviously was a different world, there were no gay role models, there were no gay organizations, you know, there, there was, the internet didn't exist. <clears throat> so there was no way to, like, communicate. You didn't know who else was gay. Right. Uh, I know now that I went to high school with lots of other gay guys. I had no at a young age, but you know it was a different kind of world. But in my thirties, I was living it up. There was this whole new world of being openly gay that didn't exist when I was young. So clubs, you know, Wilton Manors, what that didn't exist in the eighties in, in Miami Dade or you know our history. Right. So there were all of these outlets now that were available to me that were never available before. 
Um, and so I was going out a lot. I was living, you know, I was single. I was in my early 30s. Things were fun. And I realized being an elected official that it wasn't going to be long before some sort of political political opponent used this new thing called a cell phone camera and took a picture of me. Mm-hmm. And your, your electorate, your residents will be more accepting of you when you're honest with them. Correct. So if I were to have been outed by an opponent, it would have been scandalous. It would have looked like I was trying to hide something. It would look like I wasn't being honest with the people who put me in office. So I decided that, you know, it was necessary for me to come out and tell the greater population what, you know, a smaller circle of people already knew. And how did you come out publicly? <laughs> okay, so uh, there was a gay newspaper called TWN. Okay. Um, I forget even what it's what that stood for today. The Weekly News, I think, but it was it was South Florida Gay News before there was South Florida Gay News. It was hot spots before there was hot. Please continue. Yeah, so I recognized I needed to come out, you know, to make to make it on my own terms right um and i played the media a little bit um a friend of mine who did media relations for a living contacted twn and said hey we've got an openly gay elected official who wants to come out in your publication but he'll only do it if you give him the front cover now there were other elected officials in dade county that people assume or <laughs> gossip to wonder is he is he is he ding is you she? know right is she um so they didn't know when they committed to giving the front page they didn't know who it was going to be and i know that they were far more excited about who it might have been and it ended up they're probably like who scott calvin what we were hoping it was this person or this person, but by the time they had committed to the front page and with their press deadlines, by the time we told them who it was, yeah, they couldn't deny me the the, the no, front page. of course not. Yeah. So you it was it. it was well, it was a little bit of strategic too because if you're going to come out, you might as well make sure everybody knows yeah what's happening. So. Um, yeah, sorry, TWN. <laughs> but thank you. Yeah, Cause thank you. Because you probably wouldn't be where you are today. You well, know? yeah, I mean, it's certainly hoped. It's given me, I'm the longest serving LGBT legislator, you know, one of in Florida's history. So That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I would, like I said, never would have guessed. That, that that would be your life, right? Yeah, yeah. Never, never envisioned. Never envisioned I would still be in office this many years later. So hey, I think it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's fun. And you're killing it. You I know? Don't know. I don't know about that, but <laughs> well, <laughs> I think you. you're killing it. Thank you're you. you're you're changing lives at I think a very impressionable age. Thanks. Yeah. And that takes a lot of courage, vulnerability, and you know, consistency. Thanks. Yeah. No, I, I, it, we're. We as adults have a responsibility to the younger people who are coming up now to show them how you can live your life in a productive way, to show them that you can be a positive role model, uh, to give them hope. Because, you know, we do talk a lot about the negative things that happen when somebody's coming out, their family rejecting them, homelessness. Um, But there are a lot of positives to coming out, too. And I want kids to feel empowered to be who they are. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> and um, have you seen any students like go through your your classes or your your workshops and then come back and tell you you know how how much it's changed them how it's allowed them to grow and develop into the person that they're really meant to be yeah I mean we have kids um, that go through our programs that come back to volunteer for us as adults we have kids who go through our programs who come back and donate to the organization um, nice. yeah it's 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 a nice cycle of kids who are really getting something out of it. And I can only imagine there's probably people who've gotten something out of the organization that we'll never know because it was just something they kept inside of them, come through the program, who feel that it you know, gave them benefit. Right. Um, and maybe we'll never even know simply because they didn't come to us about it. But you've got to figure those types of kids are out there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So what are you doing nowadays? Like what's keeping you busy? In addition to being the executive director of Safe Schools, what else yeah. keeps you busy and keeps you... Well, you know, besides the city council, you know, I've talked enough about that. I can leave that to the side. With Safe Schools, we're in the process of reinventing ourselves. Um, because and we're, I don't even know what's going to happen this school year. You know, we're getting ready to start again, but with COVID coming back... Are things going to be in person? Are we going to go back to more of a virtual world again? Um, I don't know. I'm planning for in person, but also in the back of my mind, knowing that our adult our uh, um, programs might have to go back to being virtual. Right. Um, but the the silver lining in COVID was that it forced us onto digital platforms. Since we couldn't meet with our audience face to face, we started Twitter. We got on Instagram. We made more use of our Facebook page. Really neat that you're creating something that's going to be, you know, what, um, nationwide in a sense? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we've done is we've also had Zoom calls with other LGBT youth groups in Orlando, in Salem, Massachusetts, and other places where, again, it's almost like the old pen pals when you used to write letters to people who lived in different cities. Yeah. So that now we're virtual pen pals, and our people and their people can come together and communicate. Um, so, like I said, we're reinventing ourselves. It's still got the same mission of creating safe space for LGBT youth, but you know, different different methods and more visibility. Yeah, definitely more visibility. I think the the Perez Hilton channel show got like nineteen thousand views or wow, something. Wow, get it? Like That's that. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it's great. You know, let's let's see what the Jason from Pose. How, ends up how much he gets? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we even had Billy Porter like one of our posts one time on Instagram. Wow. Yeah, we were like all excited. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. That is really cool. Yeah. What would you say is um, the legacy that you'd want to leave behind? Uh, empowerment. Um, my time on this earth is finite. You never know how short it can be. True. Uh, so even if I were to check out tomorrow, so to speak, I'd hope that I've left behind a legacy and that Safe Schools will continue to create a legacy of teaching young people to stand up for themselves. Don't wait for somebody else to change the world for you. Run for office, perhaps. Get involved in your community. Change the world yourself. Don't expect that somebody's going to do it for you. Um, 
Yes. It, it takes a lot of work, but you have to get out there and do it because all of the political achievements that the LGBT community has had over the last 10 years, marriage and some of the other rights that we've gotten, can be taken away. Like, I hear from it's a true. lot of people, oh, we've got marriage, it should be over. Wah. Yeah, but what if the Supreme Court invalidates that earlier ruling? It can happen. So if you're not diligent and you're not steadfast in standing up for yourselves and advocating, we could lose a lot of what we've accomplished recently. Yeah, wow. Perspective. Yeah. That is perspective. Um, what would you say to somebody who does need to be empowered? Somebody who's watching this and doesn't really know what direction they're going and what they really want to do in life. Yeah, I mean, you can reach out to me directly on our social media channels at Safe Schools 1991, or you can find me individually. But reach out and open up those lines of communication so you don't feel like you're trapped. Any question is a good question. Yes. Because everybody has a different level of understanding and comfort with all of these things. Uh, so if you're thinking about coming out, reach out to Safe Schools. If you're thinking about running for office, you know, reach out to safe schools any of those things that you're doing reach out to somebody make a new friend um and and we'll point you in the right direction i love it yeah. and one last thing what what's something that you wish you could see more in the lgbt community oh definitely activism and people running for office um, in Miami-Dade County, for instance, there are only five openly LGBT legislators. That includes uh, mayors, state senators, state house members, etc. cetera. Uh, they're all most, they're mostly gay white males. Okay. There's a couple of gay Hispanic males and one gay black male. There Where are the females at? Where are you at, there ladies? Are, right. There are no, there are no lesbian elected uh, legislators in Dade County. There are no elected trans legislators in Dade County. And wow. if you magnify that across the country, that's sadly the case in all of America. Um, there are less than, I forget the number exactly, but there's less than a thousand openly gay elected officials across America. So, wow. Yeah. So what a statistic. Yeah, it's it's scary small and we are moving in the right direction. Every cycle sees more get elected. Yeah. But we've got a long way to go. So I would love to see more people just Step run. Up. Just run. I mean, I get it. It's daunting. It's a you're just like, what do I do? How do I how do I run? How do I do the paperwork? Just do it. Get in there. Get your feet wet. Maybe you win, maybe you don't win, but... But it's an experience at the end you, of the day. Everybody in America should have to run for office once in their life. It would really change everybody's perspective. Wow. Should I run? Yes. <laughs> in fact, we're here to announce today. <laughs> Not yet, but maybe one day. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much, Scott, for being on the show. My you pleasure. killed it. Thanks. Um, thanks for giving back to the community and to the youth, more importantly. I mean, not more importantly, but... I think that starting with the youth and helping us, you know, as we uh, age or get older or discover ourselves more, I think that it's really beautiful to help the youth kind of get a better understanding as to what's going on with them, how to learn, how to deal with it, yeah. and then maybe use that as tools for the older population that, you know, hasn't come out yet or right. is struggling to come out or scared yeah and that's a whole nother conversation we could have about adults who still don't feel comfortable coming out 
I know quite a few that, you know, recently just came out in their 30s, 40s, and it's still a struggle for them to meet people, not just to be in an intimate relationship, but friendships, to feel a part of the community. You know, they don't always want to go to parties. Yeah. So, you know, maybe maybe it's time to create an LGBT networking event where people can really benefit from the interaction and the exposure and the opportunities that would be at their fingertips if they just tried something different. Right. As opposed to a party or, yeah. you know, one a of those. A bar. A bar. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Alex. My pleasure. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. It was great. <laughs>